because oftentimes I think people underestimate what they can do like in a year, but they really overestimate what they can do in a day. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. Jade, thank you so much for joining me today. It's so good to be here. I am thrilled to have you. And I would love if you could start by introducing yourself and telling everyone who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Jade Boyd. I live in Iowa City, Iowa with my husband, Caleb. We've been married for a little bit over two years um, and he's a software developer and also has the entrepreneurial itch. So we have fun kind of working on my business together. Um, we also work on a lot of home projects together. So that's like become part of my brand, people watching the chaos in our house, which Caleb loves. And I, I like when it's done. So it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> yes. There's a theme that'll probably come up again during this episode. But I started a brand photography business a couple of years ago. I got my MBA in marketing and decided I didn't want to go the corporate route. And so when I graduated, decided to start my own business. I had a laundry list of business ideas and decided photography was it. So I kind of combined my experience in marketing and photography, which is a passion of mine, into a business. And I've been doing that for a couple of years now. And last year I started getting more requests from clients and other entrepreneurs who I've connected with to help them with marketing and branding. So I've started kind of pivoting and helping people set up systems in their business and create a better branded client experience for their clients too. So it's kind of been this long natural pivot that I'm going through at the moment, which has been really fun. When you were, so after you got your MBA or maybe when you were in the process of getting it, you said you had like a laundry list of business ideas. Talk a little bit about that. Like what were some of the options that you were looking at? Were they all very similar? Like what did that look like? Yeah, they, they were all very different, which made it harder to decide. (laughs) But so I studied entrepreneurship as an undergraduate and Iowa has a really phenomenal entrepreneurship program. and. learned a ton about product market fit and doing the market research, you know, like all the things that you're supposed to do before you set up a business that I feel like is very traditional in a way that, you know, you create the business plan, you get the funding and you set up the business, which is not necessarily the way that a lot of online businesses start. You just start and start making money. And then like later on the official business part and like the strategy and the thought behind it comes right. So it's a little bit backwards. And I think that makes me a little bit of a backwards entrepreneur too, because that is the way that I've been trained to think, but started there. And so that's, that was what was going through my mind. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to start a business. Let's do the market research. Where's the best opportunity? And I did kind of like a startup accelerator after I got my MBA. So it was a summer program. They gave me an intern, which was phenomenal. And I actually thought I was going to start a coffee shop, which is very different. And this was 2019. So I'm glad I didn't do that, you know, six months before the pandemic. Um, But coffee had just always been a passion of mine. And I think even in my uh, interview, when I was applying to be a student in the MBA program, they asked like, if you had a million dollars and could just retire, what would you actually do with your life? And I said, I would start a co-working space and it would be a coffee shop and I would have like a startup lab with entrepreneurs. And that would be the thing that I would do. So co-working spaces on the list, coffee shop, mobile coffee truck, photographer, marketing consultant, author. I still want to be an author, but yeah, to answer your question, it was, it's a lot of things. (laughs) 
So then how did you land on photography? Yeah. So I did the research on the coffee shop and specifically, I was really passionate about creating the coffee culture in smaller communities where it wasn't the same in Iowa city. We have kind of like this really great cultural hub within Iowa. I mean, we have the university of Iowa, which automatically brings in a lot of cultural events and different speakers and, you know, performances and art and all of that stuff. Um, but just go a little bit outside Iowa city. And those things are a little bit harder to find And the coffee shop scene is really great. And I feel like it's reflective of the community here. And I mean, when you walk into a coffee shop, you just get that really good feeling. And as a student, I spent all of my time in coffee shops. That's really how I got work done and just absolutely loved everything about it. I even went to like a coffee festival or I don't know, it's for people who actually own coffee shops. It was in Indiana. So I drove and you get to like sample all the coffees and learn about like why they set up their coffee shops in a certain layout and completely nerded out on it. But at the end of the day, I love that you went to that with all the people who own coffee shops and you're like, no, this sounds like a good way to spend a Saturday. It was the best. It was so good. You get free samples of all like the little waffles and croissants. It was amazing. But at the end of the day, I crunched the numbers and was like, you know, this is a huge investment and the margins are very small. I also interviewed a ton of coffee shop owners. And what I was hearing is that you work 80 hours. Like even if you've been in business for a long time and you're succeeding, it just requires so much time. And the payoff isn't necessarily the greatest, especially looking at like small towns, what I was passionate about. So I value my freedom a lot. I think that's something that I'm learning in new ways as an online business owner, as a service provider. And so at the end of the summer is like, you know, photography is probably an easier start, lower startup costs, right? I'm not getting a bank loan to start it. And it gives me a lot more freedom to like pivot if I end up not liking it in the future. So it was a very rational decision. (laughs) So then did you start doing brand photography right away? What did that look like? Yeah. So I started probably like a lot of photographers start and got a camera and just started taking photos of anybody for free, (laughs) like my friends, family members. So naturally like a lot of family photos, a lot of couples photos. And at the same time I was working for a marketing consultant in Cedar Rapids. So I was freelance marketing consulting for her. So I was doing my own photography thing and also doing marketing consulting and discovered this magical thing called brand photography, which I had no idea that that existed, which is so funny that I didn't think of that as a thing until I was actually doing photography and marketing consulting. It's like, oh, brand photography is a whole industry. That just makes sense. So started doing uh, more photography sessions for businesses and in mid 2020, towards the end of the summer in 2020, I took my own photography business full-time and stopped marketing consulting. And yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. So over the past year, even maybe the past couple of months, you have done a bit of a pivot with changing from just, not just from only doing brand photography to focusing on a few different areas of business as far as like helping business owners use systems and get organized and all that good stuff. Talk a little bit about that transition, how that came up for you and how you essentially decided like, okay, this is worth pursuing. Yeah. Uh, This is such a hard question to answer because I feel like you could go back like 10 years probably (laughs) to start answering that. But I think I've always had this desire to coach others or to like be in that advising role. I don't necessarily want to be the one doing the things I'm very introverted. And so my people capacity is limited, but I do really love 
um, like investing in other people and like developing their strengths and helping them make decisions. And I think I learned that probably when I was an undergraduate, I worked in the advising office in the college of business. And so I was advising other students, not an official role, you know, the advisors do that, but I got to help them do things that help them succeed in college. And I got a lot of joy from that. And actually I went into student affairs after that, thinking that that was my passion. And then I applied to law school before business school because I was like advising, counseling, I'll be a lawyer, which was a terrible idea. And then kind of realized that that would be consulting, which is how I got into marketing consulting. And from a photography perspective, I think I really enjoy the marketing strategy piece. Um, I'm a very strategic thinker. So I really enjoy thinking about, okay, who's the ideal client? What are we trying to do here? Like, what is the result at the end of the session that we're trying to get? And that's the part that like really lights me up that I can talk about for hours. I like the photography aspect and the creative aspect, but if I wouldn't ever be caught in a room full of photographers who were talking about like the tech specs on their cameras or like, you know, just that part of it does not light me up. I just need to like do the strategy part and then get the gallery and like seeing them use the photos. Those are the parts that gave me energy. And I think I, it was a learning process of like managing energy versus managing time because Mm -hmm. I had enough time to do, you know, six or seven full branding sessions a month, but I did not have near the amount of energy to fill that client work and, you know, be on for that amount of time. So I think that as I was experiencing that, people were also reaching out to me. Um, A friend reached out to me who was starting a business and wanted help with her marketing. So I ended up coaching her for a few months. Um, I'm also a very like systems oriented person naturally. And so I had been sharing about how I managed my business in ClickUp and kind of behind the scenes, how I'm organized, which I thought everybody did, but they don't. And so they do not. (laughs) Yep. So people started asking me if I could help them with that. And so, so far it's just been a project by project basis and I'm still working and learning with every new client I work with. Like, how can I package this into something that can get the results that I'm getting right now? I'm tailoring it for every client, but I've noticed already that it's so funny when I stopped talking as much about brand photography and started talking more about the strategy and the systems behind my business, like how many opportunities came out of that and how many asked just from talking about it, people have asked me, you know, can I hire you to do that for me? Or can you come on my podcast or can you come speak to my mastermind about this? So it's, yeah, it's just kind of happened. I don't know that I planned anything. (laughs) Yeah. It is really fascinating because I've seen this happen with, I guess myself, but more than that, other friends who are entrepreneurs, people that I've coached, people I look up to, it's like you come into that alignment really, where you feel just like everything is aligned. Like you're talking about the things that light you up and get you excited. And you're really using your skill set and you're connecting with the right people. And those opportunities tend to happen kind of fast and furious when you're in that place of alignment. Yeah. I mean, talk to me in six months and I'm sure I could come with like a full story, you know, tied together story for you. But right now I'm kind of in the messy middle where exciting things are happening and it's great, but I don't know where it's going to go yet. Yeah. And I think that that is incredibly relatable because I almost guarantee you could talk to any entrepreneur at any time, even if from the outside, they look like they really have it together and um, they're you know presenting this kind of like united front. 
And I don't think that we do that in like a, a way that's not honest. It's just, you share the best stuff on social media. You put the best stuff on your website. That's just what we do. It's yeah. Um, and yet if you were to talk to any, I was having a conversation the other day with a friend who is like dealing with a lot of, do I hire this person? Do I let this person go? Like a lot of turmoil in her business. And I was like, well, if it makes you feel any better, like I had no idea, I had no idea that you were dealing with all of this. So I think in some capacity, we're kind of always in a bit of messy middle, which sounds exhausting, but it's probably kind of true. Yeah. And I think it's so funny because I think a lot of people from social media see me as this person who's completely organized and like fully disciplined and just my entire life is put together, but you don't have to like look very far behind what's on my camera to see our torn apart house from home construction projects and like the list of things that I just completed and didn't actually do today because I think there's this kind of unrealistic perception about productivity and how much people get done behind the scenes. And just because they are getting something great done doesn't mean there's 10 other things they decided not to do. And so I think that's a really good point. Yeah. And the ebb and flow of that too. Like I, I just had this happen last week. I I think it was like Monday or something. I just had, I had the best day. I got so much done. I was feeling so proud of myself. It was great. And then Tuesday, I was just like, kind of a sloth. Like I wasn't, I was not feeling near as productive. I felt like my attention kept getting distracted. Like every time I would start a new project, I would get like a text or an email that I had to deal with. And I am trying to get better about just realizing that like with productivity, there's an ebb and a flow to it. There are times when you are more productive. There are times when you should rest and that's okay. Yeah. And actually, I think it's really funny because I think I'm obsessed with productivity. So you don't have to follow me for very long to know that. And I geek out about it and read a ton about productivity and focus and time management. And like all those things are my jam, but I am that way because I get overwhelmed super easily. So I think this perception of like, oh, she's really productive. She must have everything together. It's like, actually, I got really good at that because I was easily overwhelmed as a student in in college and even in grad school, because I'm such a perfectionist and have such high expectations of myself that I need to have that order in order to like, not just get completely overwhelmed and stop. And so it's something I've been working on for like 10 years. It's not something that I just picked up and like, oh yeah, I'm just going to do this and have everything put together. It's definitely a process and it changes in different seasons for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. It's almost, I I don't mean this flippantly, but it's like, it's a coping mechanism. Like it is something that you have struggled with in the past. And so having like a different level of productivity helps you manage that overwhelm. Yeah. It's like managing a weakness with a strength. Cause I think organization has always been something that I've genuinely enjoyed and like I'm passionate about. And like I said, I enjoy reading those books. I'm not just reading it like, you know, a financial book, which I could read to solve a problem, but I wouldn't like it. This is something like I super enjoy and it just happens to solve a problem that I struggle with. So yeah. You talked a bit uh, a bit ago about your ClickUp template. And I want to talk about this because I do think, and I you talk about this on social media, so often as business owners, we we start a business because we're doing what we love. And then it turns from like a passion or a creative outlet into a business. And that's a one, like that's so cool when you can take what you love and turn it into a business. We love it. However, then you start to bring in different systems and different um, ways to organize things and things that you have to keep organized and people that you have to manage. And like suddenly it can start to feel a lot bigger than when you first started Mm -hmm. and a bit chaotic. And so 
programs like ClickUp, I've talked in the past about Asana. Um, Monday, I think is another example. I think that oftentimes like newer entrepreneurs aren't necessarily considering programs like this. And perhaps they're at a point in their business where it doesn't make sense yet. But I would love for you to talk a little bit more about ClickUp, what it is and how it could maybe help somebody who's like drowning in chaos right now. Yeah. So ClickUp is a task management software at its core, but their goal is to be kind of like a super app. So they are constantly building and releasing features and are becoming an app that's much more than just a task management app. But at its core, it's really a way to manage your projects and tasks and visualize them in different ways, whether that be like on a calendar view, in a list view, like a Trello board, like the card view. They have like timelines and mind maps and like so many features. But at its core, it's just a way to see where all of your work is and know what to prioritize and what you need to do like now. It's a tool to help you do that. Um, I think the stereotypical person who's managing their business in all these different softwares probably has like a to-do list here. And they took notes from a client meeting in this notebook and they have sticky notes on their laptop and they have a note like on their desktop and files in their email that are like triggering them to do to-dos. And it does feel very overwhelming because when you're looking at all of that stuff, it's almost impossible to decide what is actually important and prioritize what to work on. And it's really easy for things to get forgotten or slip through the cracks. So when thinking about task management software, I think it's something that you can use when you're at that place to be able to organize all of that in one place so that you can make better decisions. Because oftentimes I think people underestimate what they can do like in a year, but they really overestimate what they can do in a day. And I think uh, software like ClickUp is a really good way to visualize that. That's easy to understand. Like, okay, if I was managing these in different places, I would probably be expecting myself to get these 10 things done. Realistically, seeing my calendar and my to-do list in one place, it's very clear to me that it's completely unrealistic. So you can make better decisions about what does need to get done and not just try to do it all. And then, you know, be disappointed with yourself if you're like me and then... get burnt out if you are actually staying late and getting everything done, thinking that that's realistic of yourself. Mm-hmm. One of the best things, best tips that I've ever heard, and this could go hand in hand with a task management software, but among all of your tasks, picking like your top three of the day that you want to accomplish, because I am, I'm a master of a to-do list. I love a good long to-do list. And yet that's also the exact same thing that completely overwhelms the crap out of me. And mm. so like reminding myself, okay, like what are my top three things? And most of the time I get more, more done than that. You know, most of the time I can pull up my task management and, um, kind of start crossing off more things. But then at five o'clock, like I feel so proud of myself because I, I can for sure tell you, I got these things done. Yeah. I think it's also helpful to actually be making the decisions about what you're doing. Cause oftentimes you'll, I mean, if you can't see it in one place, I will often decide like, this is something I should do, but I'm deciding not to do it this week because I have too much going on. Like categorizing my transactions. It's mostly financial things because I hate those things, (laughs) but you know, I don't technically need to do that every week. Ideally I would, but sometimes at the end of the week, if I don't have everything done, I make the decision that I'm not going to do that. It's not something that goes by without me thinking about it, but it's just having more control over those decisions and knowing like, okay, I know I've put this off for two weeks this week. I do need to prioritize that. So I think when you're automatically being reminded, it's not that constant reminder in your head. That's like, oh, I should do this. Oh, I should do this. It's very distracting and totally overwhelming if there's too many of those. 
But if it's in a list and I know like it's going to remind me when I need to be reminded, I don't need to think about it. And when it comes up, I can make the decision and live with that decision. So I think it's also like a mental freedom tool too. I don't know what to call it, but it just frees up your headspace. I would hundred percent agree with that there. I've, I've told a few different people who I've worked with, like they'll ask me for something or, Hey, you have to do this this week. Like you need to put it in Asana or I'm going to forget about it or not even forget about it, but like, just make the decision that I'm not going to do it when really like I need to, because it's part of a bigger strategy and having it in a task management software, because it's connected oftentimes to a bigger project, it's easier to see, okay, I don't want to do this thing, but I have to, because it's tied to something bigger. So I'm going to just quit, get it done and move on with my life. Yeah. Stop stressing yeah. about it. Yep. Um, so I feel like there are probably a good number of entrepreneurs who hear about a system like ClickUp and think, well, that's great. But in order to get to the point where it's usable, I have to put all my crap inside this management system. And that's just going to take more time and I don't have time. What would you say to someone who's thinking that right now? Yeah, it can be super overwhelming, especially if you're thinking about a, like Trello is a little bit more simple, but if you're thinking about Mm -hmm. ClickUp or Asana or even Monday, there's a lot of features in there and a lot of them that you probably don't need. And Mm -hmm. so it can be a process to figure out how to organize all of your stuff in a way that makes sense. So I learned about ClickUp in the summer of 2019, when I was doing the startup accelerator, there was another team in the program who were doing a startup for basically tech support for small business owners, like, um, service-based small business owners, especially who are overwhelmed and like transferring the whole team to G suite or, you know, having cell phones instead of brick and mortar phones, like super old school tech and helping them transition off of that. So they knew all of the best software tools and that's something that they recommended to me. But I would say it probably took me like a full year in my own business to figure out a way to organize it that makes sense. Because when you go in, it is overwhelming. There's so many different ways that you could organize it and so many ways that you can tag things or you can change statuses, you can change colors, you can change custom fields. Like the options are limitless, which is great but it does take a while to get to that point. And so, yeah, for myself, it took me about a year. And then I packaged my ClickUp template and in the fall launched that as a product to offer to other business owners as a good starting point for if you want to have a tool like ClickUp, here's my exact template that I use. And I have 10 video lessons to talk people through. This is how I use my marketing folder. This is how I use my client processes. This is how I organize all my ideas. This is how I organize my personal development plan. This is how I organize my goals. And it is very simple. If you break it down, like it can be a very easy tool to use once it is set up, but getting to that point. Yeah. I think I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurs like, Hey, I tried ClickUp or I tried Asana. I logged in and I just couldn't do anything with it because you just get paralyzed. So that's why I launched the template. And so far I've had really good feedback from it because it is I tried to keep it as simple as possible. Like I said, you can go as advanced as you want to with ClickUp and it doesn't have to be that way. I feel like the simplest tools are oftentimes the best because they're the easiest to use. Like you won't use a tool if you're overwhelmed by it. Exactly. Yeah. I love that you sell the template because I think so much of the time we just need a starting point. Like just tell me how you use it because then I can kind of figure out from there, like what might work best for me? Like, what will I change and figure out how that's going to you know, work best for me and my business? What am I going to keep the same? Because that seems like a really good system that could be just as applicable in my business. But when you're just like given this blank sheet, basically, it's just incredibly overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. I am curious 
So we talked about like task management software. Um, but if someone is really struggling in their business right now, and they're just feeling like it's incredibly chaotic and they, they want to start bringing in like more systems and processes and not feel like they're constantly running behind, what are some things that they can do that might help with that? Yeah. So I think the number one thing that they can do is clarify what their goals are for their business, which might seem like kind of out of the scope of the question, but I do think the more you can identify what you are trying to do the more you can identify the busy work that's not actually getting you anywhere is kind of like feeling productive. I'm checking email. I'm like doing these presentations or talking to these people, but it's not actually resulting in anything. So I think if anything, I would create like a list of all the things that you do in your business and then list your goals and like draw the line between the two and like which ones are actually moving the needle and helping you get there and which ones aren't. And that's immediately a way to kind of eliminate some of that busy work. The second thing I would do is map out the process or workflow that you spend most of your time doing. So, I mean, a lot of your listeners are probably service providers. Mm -hmm. So that's like your signature service, that client workflow. How can you automate that and like streamline it so that it provides the best possible experience for your clients, which is automatically going to generate more referrals and you're going to have greater client reviews and, you know, all of those benefits that come with it. But it's also going to save you a ton of time if you spend you know, three days a week working on client work, what if half of that could be automated in Dubsado or something like that and take that off your plate? Like that is a huge win for just looking at one tiny process that's part of your business. So that'd be the second thing. And then I think the third thing would be to find a way to get all of the thoughts that are bouncing around your head, like all those to-dos, all those product ideas, and I should go to this conference and I haven't followed up with that client. And, you know, all those things, get them out of your head and get them onto paper. I think that's so important for creative entrepreneurs, especially because it can be really difficult, especially in busy seasons to make enough space to actually be creative. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that, especially like photographers in the summer. You just lose creativity when you're trying to force yourself to be productive and be on all the time. It's just not possible. And so if being creative and giving your clients the best possible experience is like, the way that your business is sustainable, then it makes sense to make as much space for that as possible. And I think part of that is letting your head, you know, be free of some of those things that you could just write down on a piece of paper. Even if you know you can't do it until the end of busy season, just like get it out of your head and do a brain dump. And I have um, a guide called the weekly review checklist, which is kind of like brain dump plus if you would call it that. And it's kind of a process I go through every week to go through that, to like make sure all of my client projects are in order and get all this to do's out of my head and into my system. And it doesn't have to be a complicated system. If you're ready for something like ClickUp, that's great. And I think it's a phenomenal tool. But even if you were to get that out of your head and put it on a piece of paper, like this week, these are the tasks. This month, these are the tasks. Later, that's a different piece of paper. And it can be as simple as that, but get them out of your head for sure. I love what you, I love everything you just said. You're so articulate. I love starting with what your goals are. I think that that's a step that we tend to kind of blow past sometimes. And it's like, well, we can't figure out where your time is best spent and um, what things are moving the needle in your business. Like we can't figure out any of that if we don't know what your goals are. Like, do you want more clients? Do you want to make more money? Do you want more time off? Like what the heck are your goals? And then we can figure this out. Yeah, I think- I have struggled with a long time of like defining productivity and what does that even mean? And if you do research or like look at the dictionary, all it says is like the level of output for the input that you're given, like 
if you have a team of five people and you fire one and they do the same work, then they become more productive. And that's like a really crappy definition of productivity. (laughs) I know. Let's not do that. (laughs) I know. But from a business perspective, like that's the definition we're given. And I think even as kids, that's ingrained in us. And like, why don't you get off the couch and do something productive, you know? And there's that little voice in our head that I think, at least for me, I think other people too, tells us that we need to be constantly outputting and like creating things and getting things done. But if you look at it in terms of your goals, like if your goal is to create a business that provides balance in your life, then working all the time is not productive. Like resting part of the time is going to be more productive. Therefore, like lying on the couch and watching TV is productive. It just depends on what your goal is and what the point of running your business is. So I think it's really important to know that so you can make better decisions too. I think service providers really, we really back ourselves into a corner when it comes to productivity because it's almost like a point of pride. I see, especially with photographers, shooting this many sessions or working with this many clients every single year. And like, that's the goal or the thing that they're constantly striving for. And they don't realize just like what you said at the beginning of this conversation, the energy that it requires to be on and to be with a client, to be in that one-on-one setting, like that does take a lot out of you, especially if you're more introverted. And so that's not always the end all be all is to constantly have more, more, more. I know this last year, and I've been in business for a decent amount of time at this point. And so I say this with some of the privilege that comes with having a business that's been around. But in 2021, I on paper worked so much less than I had years prior. And I made more money. I was happier. I had half the summer off with my kids. And that doesn't happen overnight. But like, that's my goal. You know, Mm -hmm. the goal is not necessarily more, more, more. It's more time. And that might be everybody's goal. Yeah. And I think that's hard, especially for entrepreneurs, because our society doesn't really understand what it's like, especially with online businesses. Like even somebody who comes out of a nine to five and goes into entrepreneurship, you had this structure and like showing up nine to five and you requested vacation off. And it was like a process and you had a limited amount of vacation. And that was the structure that you lived in. And like as a society, most people live in that structure. And as entrepreneurs, it's really hard to make those decisions for yourself. Like, do I deserve a day off? Like, how do you request time off from yourself? And how do you, when you care so much about your work, turn it off and not check email while you're taking a vacation day? You know, it's a very unstructured thing and it's hard to manage, especially if you don't prioritize it. And again, like clarify, my goal is to have a balanced life. What does that actually look like? And what do I have to do in order to create that for myself? Because you do have to do it yourself. No one's going to tell you like, hey, you've been working for six months straight, take a vacation day. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's, it's a trip emotionally. Like that was the biggest thing that I struggled with. One of the changes that I made last year was making exercise a priority and just like trying to get some of my fitness back. And I, the time that works best for me to go to the gym is eight 30, which means that I don't start working most days until 10 o'clock. And I struggled with that at the beginning. Like, who am I to not start working until 10 o'clock? Like, what do I think? I'm like this bougie business owner. Like this is, this is not, this is not what normal people do, but it's what works really well for my, for my health, for my business. But it, it's kind of a trip to get to the point where you don't feel so guilty about it. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point. Like there is the fact of like, what do I think about myself and do I feel guilty about it? But then there's the second dimension of like, what do other people think? Totally. And it's so funny because the amount of people's opinions I care about, like there's so many of them, but 
the number of people's opinions who actually matter, like very slim. <laughs> they won't judge me for doing things like that. But yeah, unless you think about it, it's so easy to make decisions that affect your life a great deal based on what you think other people will think about you. Yeah. Who will maybe even never know what decision you're making. It's kind of crazy. Totally. And to get pretty far down that path and turn around and you're like, wait, I don't even know how I got here. Yeah. I don't like Why am I doing this? <laughs> it's so true. Oh, Jade, um, where can everybody find you? Yeah. So this year I launched a podcast, so you can find me over on the Jade Boyd podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And then Instagram is where I'm most active. I'm at jadeboyd.co. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. We will link everything that I mentioned, the ClickUp template, the uh, brain dump um, freebie that you have. We'll put that all on the show notes as well as your website and social media and everything. You guys, Jade is so fun to follow on social. I love her productivity hacks because her brain thinks in a way that mine absolutely does not. And so I'm so thankful for her, but I absolutely love like the house projects and anytime that like Caleb has something snarky to say, I'm here for it. I love that. (laughs) Thanks, Jade. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.